Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Hey folks, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I'm excited to announce a new advertising and research platform that I've developed, cwdbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic wasting disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like cwdbreeding.com become essential tools for managers making decisions about their herds. What I really wanted was a platform that excelled at hosting all of the information we need, from GBV and codon markers, but also had the capability for high-quality pictures and videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and semen availability in a searchable and filterable manner. This database will put everything in one easy place to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I really look forward to seeing all the great deer the industry has to offer in one easy-to-find location at cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 68. It's 2023. We got a new year, and I am back from a nice little hiatus. So I was just double checking back, seeing when the last time we did a podcast was, and uh, it was in October. So um, a lot's happened since then. I want to share some of those things with you. I hope everybody's doing really well. Um, you know, in the in the the life and times of a, a deer farmer, you know, fall is exciting it's busy and we kind of transition right into holidays and then we kind of get into winter show season and um, anyway I want to share with you some of my journey uh, over the past you know couple months and I have like a whole bunch of updates that are some are going to be industry related some are personally related some are uh, business related so um, we'll kind of reconnect here and uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Um, so like I said, October, uh, you know, we, we, um, we did our last show and, uh, I was, I was wrapped up in a couple different projects at that time and it was, uh, it was busy and I was, I was wanting to do a show. It was really hard to do any, uh, interview shows. Uh, a lot of people just, you know, guys are, guys are hunting. Um, 
you know, folks are, are getting deer shuffled around for breeding season and it, a lot of people are really busy, um, which I can respect. And of course, I, I took advantage of that and certainly, you know, I could have came on here and, and talked to you and said, hey, like, you know, here's what we're doing. But I, I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to focus uh, on my farm. We were doing a, a reproductive project, um, at least at, at scale for me, uh, that was bigger than we had done before. Uh, so I'd like to share that with you. Um, so we got, um, we got the idea, well, let me take a step back. Um, we had always been kind of interested in, uh, you know, re reproductive of reproduction of deer and, you know, artificial uh, insemination is a, a fairly, you know, simple, simple process and, and widely used tool in our business to, you know, increase uh, the genetic quality and merits of your, your herd. Um, we had looked at uh, embryo transfer quite some time ago and wasn't really a fit for us at the time, but I wanted to, I wanted to have some experience with it. So in uh, 2015, we had been uh, working with uh, another gentleman and he had some deer. Um, he had some deer that we, he was interested in flushing. And uh, so we worked out a deal to bring those deer in. It's probably one of the last deer that I think we had a buck uh, that we had a buck fawn or yearling buck or something like that that we had bought that summer. But I want to say 2015 was probably the last time we brought in, brought in deer. Um, anyway, so we had these couple does in, and um, I ended up two two were his and, and one was mine. So we ended up flushing three does in 2015, and it was more to get our feet wet with the process, just to experience it and see how it was and what it entailed and if we could successfully do it. Right, so. The short answer is, we got we got um, we got fertilized embryos out of one of the does. Uh, neither one of them, neither one of the other gentleman's deer, um, gave us any any eggs, and, and one of them didn't breed at all for a couple years. Um, I think once prior to that, and and maybe two after that, she just didn't have a, a great reproductive history, and maybe looking back on it probably was not a, a good candidate, right? Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. So we did get some, we got, uh, I think we got like five, five grade A's or something like that. And um, we, we put, I want to say we put two, yeah, we put one embryo in uh, two different does. And neither one of them, those recips stuck. Anyway, but we got we got some embryos, so like we kind of wet our feet with that process, and um, it was interesting. So fast forward to um, you know this past this past year, we decided that uh, we were going to try doing embryos again. And when I when I had thought about this, um, 
it was it was a way for our farm to not expose itself to CWD risk via selling females to go other places. And if you've listened to any of kind of the, the back shows, you may have heard the story, but uh, well, we had sold a doe to another gentleman, I think uh, February 2014, and we ended up getting quarantined uh, August uh, 2017. And that quarantine lasted for uh, just under two years, and it was a really hard time uh, because the regulatory environment haven't, hadn't really opened up uh, too much, and um, there were still quite a bit of restrictions, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, on those things. So anyway, back to the embryos, you know, we decided that um, this would be a good opportunity for, for us to uh, take on a, you know, a new challenge, right, and, and do some embryos, uh, but also, you know, try to generate some income outside of our normal revenue streams. Um, Roman's mom has been a, a core of the Red Ridge Whitetails, uh, you know, breeding program for at least a few years. Um, you know, I didn't, I knew she was a good doe because she had some sons previous to uh, Roman. And, you know, he kind of was like the icing on the cake, right? Now, he's, he's obviously a, an exceptional deer, a very rare type animal. Um, but he wasn't initially my selected breeder. I had, uh, I had at the time selected, uh, his brother. He had a, he had a wound brother. I had selected his wound brother to, to be the breeder buck. And so that selection process took place at two and his brother, uh, scored 205. He was a six by six. He, he looked a lot like Savage Nation. So, um, he did not have the time length that Roman had, and uh, but he had 29 and some change on his beams as a two-year-old, and he just kind of like laid flat out off his head. He had that nice six-by-six six frame, and he he was a big-bodied animal. Uh, he ended up getting uh, some sort of infection in his body, and I couldn't I couldn't get him I couldn't get him recovered. And I don't recall if it was maybe pneumonia-induced or... Uh, I do remember uh, some pus pockets, like, kind of through his chest area and, like, on his legs. If you're watching on the video, I'm touching my, <laughs> touching my arms and uh, simulating where they were. But um, anyway, I couldn't get him to recover. And um, I, I think maybe I ended up calling him... Um, he died anyway. So it was, I believe it was that. I think that was 2017. Was that 2017? No, that was 2016. So Roman was 170 some inch, eight point, two year old, not super wide, but he had 17 inch G2s. Really, really nice two year old. Of course, the stalker guys were like, hey, we want that deer. And uh, I ended up being like, nah. And this was at a point where I was still um, keeping most of my bucks till three. And um, that's a se separate topic and conversation I'm going to try not to get into. 
Anyway, Roman ended up growing out when he was three, 180 inch eight point again, just like pretty much a clean, clean eight point. Um, and we got quarantined that summer. So Roman ended up being, um, what's the best way? Because I probably would have sold him. Probably would have sold him as a, a three-year-old if we wouldn't have gotten quarantined. Um, and he wouldn't have got a chance to grow his four-year-old set of antlers, which were over 200 on the on the eight-point frame. Um, but I ended up breeding with him a little bit. And uh, it, that kind of... He kind of put more focus on his mom from a female perspective. So she was born in uh, 2010. So she's coming up on 13. And we had never, uh, we had never sold, at least to the best of my recollection, we had never sold a, a female out of her. Uh, and her, her bucks, you know, were, you know, really high quality stockers. They were all clean and there was a couple of them anyway. Um, so we, we bred her, you know, a couple different ways. Um, we bred her to Artie. We bred her to Thunderstorm. We bred her to, uh, she got bred back to Roman one year. We got, we bred her to Legion, which was, uh, the, First place, two-year-old typical um, at Nadifa last year, who was a, a Roman son, a really exceptional two-year-old. And so we had all these, we, we had these daughters out of her. Um, and then we had, uh, we had taken and bred some of those daughters to uh, Thunderstorm, to um, back to Roman stuff like that. So we had this really like kind of core group of does that all had direct lineage to uh, maternal lineage to Roman's mom. And they kind of checked all the boxes for us from a, generally speaking, from a reproductive standpoint, uh, certainly from a body size and confirmation standpoint, not, they're mostly young girls and uh, we don't have a, a ton of like uh, known production out of them. So we'll see what that looks like. But long story short, we had um, nine, nine does that we decided to flush from. Um, and we had a, uh, a gentleman in uh, South Dakota, Greg Leonard's, which many, many of you guys know. Uh, Greg's been really aggressive in kind of uh, seeking out some of the, the best um, you know, typical slash uh, f f box style frame uh, genetics that, um, you know, are, are around. And he thought that, you know, Roman's mom would be a good choice. So he ended up uh, purchasing the entire schedule. Um, so thank you, Greg, for that. Appreciate that. Um, but he ended up getting some really, really nice uh, embryos. Um, so we took and we looked at that and we said, you know, what are the, what are the buck pairings that we think would be, would be good. Um, I kind of dug through my tank and I had some fairly eclectic, uh, semen in, in limited quantities, um, that we wanted to mix in. And, um, so we added, uh, Quicksilver, we added, um, All-Star, we added 
uh, Roman and um, it ended up being it ended up being a really nice little mix of um, embryos that that Greg got out of those bucks and on the aforementioned does so um, I think Greg has a lot I thought I saw it in the top 30 book I'm looking around my office it's over there um, where he's offering like a, a choice choice fawn that's born out of uh, some of those crosses so um, really I think an incredible opportunity to get you know a, a live a live direct line uh, maternal line lineage out of out of Roman's mom so anyway that program we really focused a bunch on uh, we focused on um, basically taking care of those does the, the best we can you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of handling involved um, you know you, you got to mess with their hormones a bit uh, it's just anyway it can be very stressful on them and and we have moved we have moved away from uh, bottle feeding though uh, our animals are, are relatively calm um, regardless of what you do like you handle them enough you know they it adds stress to their life so we really focused on our on our feed program and just making sure that they were as comfortable as they possibly could be and um, you know we got a we got a in my eyes a successful collection for for um, you know what we were aiming to do so you know that started that started uh, you know September anyway us kind of getting does weaned and making sure that does were all in the pen uh, together you know we had most of the girls together for the whole previous year uh, just to keep stress down and keep that group together and uh, anyway so it went good so that that took up a bunch of time um, of course we did our our normal AI program we used um, we used Endgame which is a, a buck we own with three S whitetails again uh, beautiful you know two-year-old has solid GBVs he's a minus two seven uh, he's an SS and uh, we we're pretty happy with the first round of fawns we got out of him last year and um, you know he's he's gonna be he's gonna be going into some good does just with like knowing the the folks that kind of bought in to uh, some rounds of, of semen on them uh, there should be some some nice coming offspring and uh, we thought that his whatever you want to call it GBV drag and and um, influence into the herd was pretty good now I have uh, I, and and kind of a, a segue but I have and I've talked about this before um, you know I I really don't want to bring a ton of uh, southern influence into my herd from almost exclusively from a um, body size standpoint so we talked about uh, Bergman's rule before where you know the further the further north you go um, in mammalian species the larger they get and the further south you go uh, the smaller they get again this is generalized on a whole and of course we know pedigrees um, which which has influence right and you can you can crossbreed these I think they're subspecies. Um, we still call them whitetails, but I, I think the um, I think the you know the Texas deer, uh, especially like you know center of the state down or South Texas, 
Uh, and don't you South Texas guys get mad at me. I don't know if there's a magical line somewhere, if it's south of San Antonio or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Yankee up here uh, just, just talking into a, into a, uh, a microphone. But uh, those, there are different subspecies, right? Like they look different. Um, and generally speaking as a whole, they're a smaller body deer because they have to be um, because nothing's going to live in 110 degrees uh, every day for, you know, three months straight uh, if they weigh 300 pounds, right? Or the exception might, but not, not the general majority. So I, I've been relatively restrict, restrictive on what I want to breed in and how I want to add genetics into my herd. And so Endgame is a, if you look at his pedigree, he's, he's about a 60-40 a split. So 60 northern, 40 southern. Um, and it's a, it's a nice, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't, you know, seen him in person, but his dad, Warhorse, who is a, a uh, shadow son, looked pretty robust, nice big chest on him, um, looks plenty big. Uh, anyway, his offspring crossed on my 100% northern does, um, looked pretty good. Now, we had, like, one girl gave us um, five fawns out of the gate last year, right, you know, right out of the gate. First doe to have fawns had five. And um, generally speaking, those are a little s smaller, right? But, and when I say smaller, when we weaned, um, I want to say, I don't remember the exact weights, but, like, there was three does. They were all like high 50s, low 60 pounds. And uh, there was two bucks and they were like mid 60s, uh, high 60s. So like, you know, she spit out at weaning, she had 300 pounds of fawn, uh, which is pretty wild. And she raised those all by herself. I didn't have to bottle feed anything or intervene. And she's still kicking and we AI'd her again. Same cross, we'll see what happens. I suspect she'll have two, but uh, anyway, those were on the smaller sides. Most of the fawns were over 70 pounds, uh, bucks and does. And, you know, I think the biggest one, the biggest ones are in that, uh, you know, 90 pound range, something like that. So I think that's plenty acceptable for, you know, for guys here in the north. Um, it seems like that's a, that was a good balance. Maybe it could be that buck. I don't know. But Anyway, so he had he has uh, some good GBV drag. Um, it was interesting to see uh, known mother values bred to known father values, and how the different how the different genetics uh, moved. We have a lot of common genetics here, right? So we had a bunch of you know Roman daughters and and things like that that got bred to to him. Um, some move further than others, but, you know, sometimes there's, you know, a distinctive split with the, um, you know, if there was twins on the, the twins to look at. And anyway, we were happy with it. So a uh, big step in the right direction. And uh, so we added a bunch of, bunch of S markers to the herd. Uh, we added a bunch of negative value animals to the herd, not all uh, to the cutoff yet, but like we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, one more generation, we should be well past. So that's exciting. Um, I, I have probably, 
Well, let me jump back. So, um, I have been I have been the manager at uh, Red Ridge Whitetails, which is the farm that we we manage uh, for 16 years, and uh, I ended up purchasing the farm uh, from the the previous owner, and I ended up signing the um, the sale documents right after we flushed uh, does. So like the day we flushed, we started flushing in the morning, we got those done, signed the documents that afternoon. So like successful AI or successful embryo program, uh, got the, got the, uh, you know, the farm purchased and um, it, that was kind of a big day. So the, um, that was, that was also something that I was working on that I didn't, I didn't really mention, but um, you know, getting that deal done was a, a big step for uh, myself and my family, and you know, we're looking forward to to um, you know many years to come for for Red Ridge. The uh, and you've you've heard me mention this before uh, in some past shows. You know, we started a we started a company called Deer Wizard, which is kind of the the parent company to a few of the projects we have. So we've added. Um, We've added Red Ridge Whitetails into the Deer Wizard family, uh, which also includes um, the CWDbreeding.com website. So we've been working kind of behind the scenes on that a little bit. I haven't done a ton of promotion, uh, but let me just kind of recap if you're not exactly sure what that is. Uh, we just created a, a resource for folks to go to and find some really good breeder bucks, have all their info there, um, you know, DNA numbers, uh, scores, their codons, GBVs, that kind of thing, uh, but also have high quality pictures and if the folks have video who are, are creating the listings, uh, those there too. So, um, you know, as as it kind of pairs for the folks researching to better their genetics, uh, folks can can put their listings on as an advertisement. There is a cost to that, um, so that's there. So I've been, you know, that took some time to kind of, um, you know, pull the trigger on and get done. Uh, we are adding a um, nice little upgrade to that uh, as we speak, and it should be. I hate making promises. It should be ready. You know, hopefully towards the end of next week, following week, so call it middle of January, um, and we'll be able to accept credit cards for those listings. Uh, so that's exciting for me because there's not a manual back and forth via email on the listings and sending checks and things like that. You'll you'll literally be able to just create an account, uh, put all your details in for your listing, and uh, click pay, pay with a credit card, done deal. Uh, we get your listing approved and. Um, you're up and running. So that's pretty awesome. I really look forward to that. I will have one, once that's complete, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead or, or ahead of myself or, you know, over my skis, so to speak. Um, we have a, a, what I think is a, a really interesting promo, um, relating to the CWD breeding, uh, website that, uh, will, potentially have effects for um, anyone in the industry that wants to use it and um, all of the 
state and national associations should benefit um, pretty nicely from it. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll have an official announcement here soon. Um, we're excited about that. It's just something I've been kind of working on and, you know, trying to in my head say like, you know, where's, where's the value in these ideas? Um, you know, can we, can we do this? Does it, does the, you know, is there cost exposure that we can justify to make that happen? So I'm excited about that, um, for not only myself, but for, for all of you, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be pretty cool. So that's all I really have. Um, on the announcements. Actually, I have one more thing. I got one more thing for you. So, um, Servit Solutions, um, and you know, they're the they're the uh, the parent uh, company, if you will, for North American Deer Talk. They're the original sponsor. Um, that's the the company that I I manage for all the health management uh, things that we do. We just got done with our our open ordering. Um, which is their, our, our you know, twice a year big discount on our spring vaccines. Um, so thank you all of you who, who ordered and um, or placed deposits. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great little program. You get to save a pretty significant amount of money and that uh, process of, of planning ahead, I think is really important for, uh, for folks that, that manage deer uh, or elk. So, just uh, if, if you have interest in that, you can you can check that out over at uh, servitesolutions.com. There's a ton of info over there. If you are a member of the CSM program, of the Servit Solutions membership program, um, please go log into your account and check out the new member services area. We call it the Life Cycles Dashboard. Um, we've upgraded the whole thing, built a brand new site, and it has all the research articles, um, there's podcasts, there's videos, there's just all sorts of information. We're still working on kind of organizing it. Um, I will, I will uh, if you're watching on the video, I'm gonna, you're probably going to be staring at a, a screenshot here of what that looks like or a video scroll. Uh, a lot of different topics on deer, and we're developing new content to kind of fill in some of the stuff there. But there's just there's tons of great info. You get all that as part of your your membership. Um, so I, you know if you're not even if you're not interested in um, you know vaccinating or vaccines, um, but you you do have interest in uh, health and health management, herd health management, those kinds of things. Um, there's all sorts of like different protocols in there and, and you know, bacteria articles and all sorts of cool stuff that um, is helpful for the, the deer farmer and it's worth the 60 bucks for the year um, just to get access to that info. In my opinion, uh, you, may, you may think that it's not, um, I, I, I think it's pretty cool. We're gonna keep stuffing content into there and if you have some suggestions on um, things you'd like to see, I, I'm willing to I'm willing to do things, right? So, you know, if you're interested in a specific topic, and you know you'd like to 
you'd like me to tackle that in a certain format, right? So you're like, hey, I really want to hear you discuss XYZ. I, but I, I, I really like watching the videos or I, I just want an audio recording or I really like the long form articles. Um, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to do those. And, you know, the more minds that we have on it, uh, the more we can grow the content and the better it is for everybody. Like I, I get a ton of benefit from uh, the creation of this content because it, uh, it forces me to um, either learn about the topics if I don't know them or uh, share some of my uh, insights and experiences with you. And, and it's, a, it's a relearning process as we go through those together. So uh, I, you know, I, I encourage the, the feedback from you and the, the comments, et cetera. So um, send stuff my way. I think we're gonna wrap up. I just wanted to hit you with a, a, a quick show, half hour, whatever. Um, if you have any questions, holler at me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube comments. You guys know the works. Um, I appreciate all you. I hope we have a great year, 2023. And uh, I look forward to doing many, many more of these shows. And as always, stay tuned for another episode of North American Podcast.